0: How is everybody? It's good to see you uh, today. i pretty excited to share with you. Um, so, today um, we are going to finish our journey through the book of Genesis. I look back and we started last September. Uh, so, we've been at it for a while. And uh, I've kind of had fun lately. Um, you know, talking about or coming up with titles for the talk that I'm going to share. And today we're going to talk about God's plan for your life. So here's the title I came up with. Um, Here is God's plan for your life, LOL. Like I, see, I thought that was hilarious. I just thought it would get a roar. Like I know God's plan for your life. I'm still kind of working on my own self here. So I'm not so sure that I can help you that much, Um, but uh, it is a good topic and I think one that uh, you will appreciate, so I'm glad you're here. A middle-aged woman has a heart attack and is taken to the hospital. While on the operating table, she has a near-death experience. In seeing God, she asked, is my time up? God said, no. No, you have another 43 years, two months, and eight days to live. Upon hearing this, the woman decides to stay in the hospital and have a facelift, liposuction, a tummy tuck. She even has someone change her hair and her hair color. She says, since I have so much time to live, I might as well make the most of it. She's released from the hospital, but while crossing the street on her way home, she's killed by a car. She arrives in front of God, and she says, I thought you said I had another 43 years. Why didn't you pull me out from the path of that car? God said, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) All right, here is our question for today. It's a little bit of a deeper question. Has there been a time in your life when you've seen a plan of God unfold? Has there been a time in your life when you have seen a plan of God enfold? It could be a big thing, could be a little thing. Um, had a lot of good answers at the first service. Um, hope that a few of you'd be willing to help us get started and share a little bit with our Lighthouse family. Um, James and Flint will run the mics You get their attention. You stand up, maybe share your name with us and uh, give us an answer. Who'd be willing to help us get started? Um, has there been a time in your life when you have seen a plan of God unfold?
1: Oh my. I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> uh, my name's Rosalind Brewer, and I've moved up here from, uh, from Shelton. And uh, my whole life has been uh, sort of in turmoil. Um, I've had my children, and. then I hit some of the rocky stuff that you weren't expecting. And the only thing I had to turn to was God. And it still is God. And um, I say thank you every night because he brought me up here. And I'm in with my family now that I really care about. And I look back on what I had to go through. And I realize... Uh, His plan wasn't just to make everything perfect for me, but make me understand how I can make perfections in it myself. And that made a huge difference to my life.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing.
1: Um. Hey, Chris. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, My name's Chris. I'm an addict. Chris. Good morning. Um, I'd say the thing that popped into my head was when uh, walking out of this church one day, um, and most recently, the most recent example of this was I was walking out and on the peripheral, I saw my dad's car, and I saw my dad walking up the side of the church, and uh, it was a not these words exactly, but go back in the church right now, and the sit down with you and him happen, so thanks. Hmm. Thank you, Chris. I remember
0: that night. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who else would be willing to share? All right. Keith. Good morning. I've got to say, for part of my life, you know, um, I can see where God's plan has been unfolding. I can see it because when I was 17, um, it was put onto my heart that I was going to have a daughter. And I even had that daughter's name. And I never knew, you know, I, I, my life went completely array. And, and to me, I, I thought kids were going to be completely out of. You know the, the question and lo and behold we have a mercedes leanne zemer and that was installed in my heart and when the age of 17 and 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 now i have a house i have a wife and i have two daughters instead of hmm. just one so that's god's plans unfold in my life thanks keith all right time for a couple more who else would be willing to share All right. Thank you.
1: All right, good morning to family. Um,
0: I was very fortunate. I went to court the other day on Friday. I had the intention of going to prison, and um,
1: I was uh, blessed, and uh, I'm happy to be here.
0: Uh, nice. Thank you for sharing that today. <laughs> Appreciate your transparency. Anybody else? All right, we will wrap up with Galen here I'll try and make this brief, but uh, years and years ago um, I was in a unknown to me I was going to I was facing a financial uh, failure that uh, basically if I didn't change uh, some uh, change some of my habits, it was going to ruin me and God used. Uh, an altercation uh, where the police were called and I got banned from a business to change my life and protect me from a worse problem that could have happened. Hmm. Thank you, Galen, for your transparency as well. So it's really uh, quite a question and I encourage you to think about it, especially after we have a little conversation um, this morning. Uh, So I want you to know that for some weeks we have been talking about Joseph, who is the last major character in uh, the book of Genesis. Um, And we've learned a lot about Joseph. And one of the things that we have shared is even though his life experience had a lot of differences from you and me, uh, there was a lot in his life that was a lot like the life that you and I have had. Uh, Like Joseph had ups and he had downs. Um, He had low times, he had high times, Um, there were some alone times for uh, Joseph, and there were times of deep meaning and purpose. Um, And I want you to remember just a little bit of the story before we kind of move on and we're going to read a couple of verses and then talk about it today. Um, Joseph was his dad's favorite, his brothers resented him for it. And they resented him so much that one day they sold him into slavery and he ended up a slave in Egypt. Um, But what we learned over these last weeks is that Joseph was blessed wherever he went um, because God was with him. And he kept rising to the top. And Joseph um, had become in charge of food distribution in Egypt. Um, He had seven years of plenty in Egypt where he was able to prepare for seven years of famine that was coming. And when those seven years of famine hit in Egypt, uh, people from all around, you know, the world at that time uh, came to Egypt to buy food, including his brothers who had sold him into slavery. And Joseph, um, you know, comes before his brothers and The brothers don't recognize Joseph, but he recognizes them. And that's kind of some of what we talked about last week, where um, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And uh, with that, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to grab a Bible. And I just want to read a couple of verses that will kind of set up our conversation for today. So uh, Genesis chapter 45, there should be a Bible around you if you didn't bring one. Genesis 45, um, verse 5. And I want you to kind of know if you see at the beginning of 45, the heading there says Joseph reveals his identity. What, what we're going to discover is that when Joseph um, tells his brothers who he is, there's this, um, this powerful experience of grace that happens. And so that's what we read in verse 5. Um, in verse 5 it says this, Joseph tells his brothers, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. It's really an incredible statement of of faith and forgiveness. Verse 8, just the first sentence, so it was God who sent me here, not you. Now I want you to turn a few pages later to chapter 45, or excuse me, chapter 50. It's the very end of the book of Genesis. And I want you to find verse 19. And here after uh, Joseph's father dies, uh, his brothers are a little nervous that now that dad is gone, is Joseph going to get his revenge? And Joseph says this to him, but Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You listen, or you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Again, we have this incredible statement um, of faith. And it makes me think that how as, as a pastor... Um, if I had a dollar for every, uh, every time somebody has asked me, uh, Dale, how do I know God's plan for my life? I'd probably be retired and in someplace warm today. Um, or when going through a difficult time, um, people will often ask me, Dale, is this God's plan Um, Is God trying to teach me something? And if you've ever asked me that question, uh, chances are um, you've gotten the same answer other people have. And that has been, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, It's kind of a funny thing when I think about life, though. Um, I'll speak for myself. Um, When things are going well, um, I often... Uh, Take the credit for it. Aren't I wonderful? Turn and tell someone, oh, good grief. In good times, times of success, it's pretty easy for me to not even think very much about God. But in times of trouble, we will often blame God. Um, and we will ask questions like, is God punishing me? Or what's his plan? Turn and tell someone I do that too. So as we consider this um, idea of God's plan for our life, um, I want to share with you one of the big mistakes that we often make. And I just kind of want to lay this out right from the beginning. And, uh, and then we're going to build on it. Here it is. Often... We think that God has a plan laid out for us, but he keeps it hidden so we will have trouble figuring it out. It's almost like God plays this divine hide and seek. Here's the plan. Nope, that ain't it. Here's the plan. Nope, that ain't it. And we think, just if I keep looking, I'm going to find the plan. I know I'm going to find it. And, because, and I need to keep looking because if I miss it, then the rest of my life is going to be lost. Because there's one plan and God has it laid out and it's tr- I have trouble seeing it. And if I miss it, I'm going to miss out on everything God has planned for me. So that is not what you're going to hear me share today, okay? In fact, let me ask you this question. I'm going to ask this with a little bit of um, humility and grace. Do you really think that if God had a big plan all laid out for you, he would leave it to you to try figure it out? <laughs> so how do we even begin to um, answer this question? You know, how do I know God's plan for my life? Um, So I want to tackle this with a few steps, a little bit from Joseph, a little bit from my life experience, and uh, I hope it's helpful today, okay? Uh, Here's the first thing that I want to share. Um, Sometimes we are looking so hard into the future, wondering about God's plan, that we miss God's plan today. Uh, It's a pretty, pretty serious thing that we often do. Sometimes we're so busy wondering what God's plan for my life in the far future is um, that we miss what God uh, is doing in our life today. Let me ask, have you ever gotten so wrapped up in yourself that you miss what God has done in the moment? Look who I'm talking to. Of course you have. Uh. Or we are so hung up in the past that we miss the gift of this day or this moment? Sometimes when people talk to me about things, some of you here today, sometimes when people talk to me about things that they have to decide, um, directions in life or, you know, difficult decisions, um, one of the mistakes that we make is that we... We we try to kind of think about the long-term implications for the next 20, 30, and 40 years. And sometimes, you know, we do that because our decisions do have long-term implications and consequences like, you know, who are you going to marry or what community might I live in? Um, But often, often you make the mistake of trying to decide something for the rest of your life when what you need to decide is what do I need to do today or in the immediate future? Does that make sense? Oftentimes we've tried to overthink things and have the rest of our life planned out when really what God might be leading you towards or what might be most necessary is for you to think about what do I really need to do today or this week? Let me give you an example. So if you are struggling with a career choice and it's paralyzed you, Um, But you can't pay your bills this week. I'm pretty sure that God's plan for your life is that you get a job this week and pay your own bills. Right? So you don't have to decide a career today. If you're having trouble paying your bills, you probably need to get a job. Does that make sense? Um, if you are kind of struggling with a career choice and, you know, there's all these things that I would like to do, you know, maybe today you need to pick one and just give it a shot. Uh, you know, when we started Lighthouse Church um, almost 10 years ago now, it's hard to hard to believe. I was just talking about this with some people yesterday um, who were here for a meeting at the church. Uh, we were talking about... Um, the future. And we started by talking a little bit about uh, where we came from. And I I was remembering this week that when we started Lighthouse, um, I was at a stage in life where I was able to say, um, we're going to try this. And after four, five, six months, we'll decide if we should continue. And, um, you know, that's, I mean, sometimes that's what God might be really calling us to. Let's try some things out. And it might be that that he's leading you in a sense to, you know, kind of get a, you know, feel for where he is and how he's moving in your life. If you are struggling with the past or or, are too far out into the future, can I suggest that perhaps you need to Um, ask some different questions because you're asking the wrong question. And so today we're going to say, God, what is your plan today? Or what are you up to today? So um, I look back at my life and my ministry in particular, and one of the things that I realize is that each step of the way was important in what God was doing not only at that time, but in the future as well. So I was a pastor um, many years ago um, in Botno, North Dakota, and in Minot, North Dakota. Um, Both of those those calls had some real challenges um, for me. I wasn't there in either place for real, real long. Now I look back, and I realized that being there was where God wanted me at that time because there were things that I was able to learn and that God has built on in my work and in my ministry in the future. Are you with me? Does that make sense? You know, we see that in Joseph's life too. We read about, um, you know, some building blocks in Joseph's life. Like, life. like um, Joseph had these dreams as a young child and then later... Um, God used his ability to interpret dreams to help others. Um, God has to um, get him to Egypt, and so he uses what is a very bad situation, his brother selling him into slavery, to get him to Egypt. Joseph ends up in prison in Egypt, um, but is attentive to what is before him and what God was doing in the moment, and it brought him to where God wanted him to be. And so that's the first thing. I think it's one of the most important things when we think about God's plan for our life. One of the first things that we should ask is, God, what is your plan today? Or what is it that you want me to do this week? What's the immediate thing that you've put before me? So uh, here's the second one. It's going to get harder as we go. Here we go. Um, Number two. God's bigger plan is not about your personal fulfillment. Turn and tell someone, well, that stinks. So, um, does God want you to be fulfilled? Of course. Does God want you to be happy or to find joy in life? Of course, He does. Is that what God has ordered the universe around? No. No. And so um, let's, uh, let's just kind of be really, really, really clear about it. So uh, my son-in-law James. James, God does not get up every morning and ask, what can I do today to make James' life more fulfilled? Huh? Mark, same thing. Mark, God does not wake up every morning and wonder, how in the world can I make Mark's life more fulfilled or meaningful today? God does not wake up, Aaron, will go with you. Um, Aaron, God does not wake up every morning wondering, how can I make Aaron's life more joyous and happy today? Now, does he want us to be happy? Does he want our lives to be fulfilled? Of course, but God has not ordered his kingdom or the universe around that. And so here's what I'd challenge you to do if you kind of struggle with that concept. Um, Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you're going to discover is that Jesus Jesus turns that paradigm um, upside down. The Jesus I knew um, or I know calls his friends to be servants. Uh, The greatest amongst you, Jesus says, is going to be the one who serves the most. The greatest amongst you is going to be the one who learns to love unconditionally the best. The one who strives to share the love of God in Christ Jesus and who lives to work make the world a better place. So I'm going to tell you, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you a secret here today. Um, if you remember one thing, this might be the most helpful today. Um, it's a spiritual principle that we should remember. The more concerned you are about your own fulfillment, the less fulfilled you're going to be in life. The more concerned you are about your own personal fulfillment, the less fulfilled you're going to be. How many of you have learned that in life? Usually it's the older people like me who have learned that. Um, so, no offense. Um, and, um, you know, the, the real meaning in life kind of tends to come out in the places and the things that we really didn't expect it to be. So you want to know God's plan for your life? Look for something bigger than yourself. How? How? Well, back to number one, it might mean making the most of where you are today. I uh, dug out an an old story I remember reading um, by my favorite author, John Ortberg, and I'll just share it with you and then we'll move on. Uh, He says, not long ago, I boarded an airport shuttle bus to get to the rental car lot. Driving a shuttle bus is usually a thankless job for the driver is often regarded as the low man on the totem pole. People on the bus are often grumpy from travel and in a hurry to get to their car. No one says much except the name of the rental car company, but not on this bus. The man who drove this bus was an absolute delight. He was scanning the curbside looking for somebody who needed a ride. You know, he told us, I'm always looking for people because sometimes they're running late. You can tell it in their eyes. I'm always looking because I never want to miss anyone. Hey, here's another one. The driver pulled up to pick up a latecomer, and he was so excited about what he was doing that we all got excited. We were actually cheering him on when he was picking people up. It was like watching Jesus drive a shuttle bus. The man would grab people's luggage before they could lift it. Then they would jump on the bus and say, Well, we're off. I know you're all eager to get there as quickly as possible, so I'm going to get you there as soon as I can. Jaded commuters put down their papers. He created such a little community of joy in the bus that people wanted to ride around in the terminal a second time just to hang out with the guy. We would say to people who got on the bus, you got to watch this guy. He wasn't just our shuttle bus driver. He was our leader. He was our friend. And for a few moments, community flourished on a shuttle bus for a rental car company, and one person moved toward the best version of himself. What happened to the shuttle bus driver can happen to you too, he writes. Sometimes it does. Every once in a while, you do something that surprises you and catch a glimpse of the person you were made to be. You say something inspirational at a meeting. You help a homeless man no one else notices. You are patient with a rambunctious three-year-old. You lose yourself in a piece of music. You fall in love. You express compassion. You stand up to a bully. You freely make a sacrificial gift or you uh, fix an engine. You forgive an old hurt. You say something You would normally never say or keep from saying something that you would normally blurt out, and as you do, you get a glimpse of the moment why God made in that moment why God made you. I uh, I love that story. I think I think some of the people who best understand what God's place in their life are are the people who love what they do each day. Um. I can tell you... Um, so I I do most of... Um, I, I do a lot of the grocery shopping that I do at South Hornbacher's. Um, if I have a choice, I can tell you which beggar I pick the line for. Because there's one who really enjoys his job. Yeah? You with me? Um, you know, oftentimes I think we... Do our best in stepping into God's plan when we get outside of ourselves in the place where we are. Okay, here's the third thing I wanted to share <clears throat> God's plan includes you and what you have been through. That's maybe um, one of the most important things I wanted my lighthouse brothers and sisters to hear today. God's plan includes you and what you have been through. Um, we talk about this all the time God doesn't waste a hurt. Um, so my story, <clears throat> most of you know, is um, I'm an alcoholic, and um, I was a senior pastor of a large church in South Fargo when um, my alcoholism and some depression and, and other things kind of took over, and uh, I was asked to leave. And, um, you know, I, I, del- I talk pretty frequently about the shame Um, of that and just the difficulty in getting past that shame and and uh, guilt but one thing that maybe I, I don't share as often is my struggle as to where God was in that like you know God why did you seem when I was really struggling why did you seem a million miles away ever feel that way and uh you know here's here's the thing most most times we ask God this question God why didn't you save me from myself right And you know we learn from scripture that you know that's not the way God kind of rescues us he rescues us differently Rarely will he save you from yourself And um I I really battled for a long time this this theological biblical, spiritual question. God, where were you? Why? Why did did I have to go through this? And um, eventually, I I would love to say, there were three steps I took, and that cleared it up. That isn't what happened. It was just a long struggle. And I would read, and I would pray, and I would meditate. But there was a day, I remember where I was. I was in an easy chair at Caribou Coffee. And I was um, praying, and I was you know, I had been reading and I was contemplating some things. And um, I realized, um, I, I had this this just this awareness um, that God was closer than I thought he had been during that time. And that even though I, I came to peace at that moment, that God didn't cause me to go through what I went through, that there was going to be a future where um, I would be able to um, allow God to use that time in my life to tell you about it today. You know, and there's there's such a mystery to God's sovereignty and our human free will. You know, God gives us free will over much of life and yet there's times when it seems like God kind of reaches down and moves things and maneuvers things and I don't begin to understand how that all works. But what I do know um, is that the God I know in Jesus Christ does not cause you to struggle and to suffer But the God I know in Jesus Christ will use those struggles and that suffering for something good if you're willing to let him. Said, make it worth it? I would have rather read a book. (laughs) Or, or, you know, taken a class. But that's not how life works, is it? It's not how life works. And um, one of the things that I I just want you to know, because I I know this, I, I know you, um, you know, we're a, we're a people with lots of, uh, lots of scars and wounds. And man, you know, we, we see them as, oh, I just want it to end. And God sees it. Wow, am I going to be able to use that? You know, that's going to be just amazing when I use that for somebody, for somebody else. So here's, here's something I want you to know. No, God will call you first to build on the experience that he has brought you through in the place where he has planted you. Okay? I should have put that on the screen. I didn't, but God will first call you to build on the experience he has brought you through in the place where he has planted you. Uh, for some of you that might be here, in you know, allowing God to work in you know in you in a way that begins to to make a difference in the lives of others. You know, we are a dynamic combination of giftedness and free will and guidance from the Lord. Um, what I want you to know is that God has made you to be you, not somebody else. God doesn't make mistakes. He's allowed you, um, you know, to come this far in your journey. And he's made you to discover who it is, you know, that he has made you to be. It might be an airport shuttle bus driver. I don't know. Um, Or it might be exactly what you're doing today. Um, But whatever it is, do it to the fullness of God. Do it to, you know, to the, in the moment in a way that brings peace and fulfillment into your life. Um, so how do I discover God's plan for my life? I wanted to give you a little bit of guidance just in just very quickly a couple of steps that would be worth um, considering as you go on this way, on your way this week. Here's the first thing. Um, if you're wondering, you know, where God wants to work in my life or what's God's plan for my life, involve yourself where God is already working. Okay? Make pretty logical sense. If you see God's working somewhere, that might be where God wants you to be. And so, you know, involve yourself in that, whether that's here or somewhere else. Uh, second thing, um, pretty basic, pray about it. Ask God, you know, God, where is it you want me? And then learn to, to listen as well. It's Prayer is not just speaking, it's also listening. Always tested against Scripture. The Bible is God's, most clear word that he gives, gives to his children. So is what you might sense God leading you towards, is it consistent with what the Bible teaches? And then I listed ask your team. Um, if you don't know what I even mean by ask your team, you haven't been coming to Lighthouse long enough. Um, you, you and I need to have people in our life that we can trust. And if we're asking about God's plan for our life, then we want people who know Jesus who we can come to and say, you know, here's what I'm sensing God is doing in my life. Does that make sense? You know, can you help me wrestle with that or pray about that? And then just try some stuff out. You know, during this hour, there is Sunday school, um, as uh, you may know, and um, I, was, I often will mention, you know, we're always in need of people who find a calling to work with children and kids. And here's the deal. If you, if you hate kids, don't try out Sunday school. <laughs> don't want you down there. But I will also tell you um, that the kingdom of God is filled with people who have helped with Sunday school or youth who gave it a shot and thought, holy cow, I like this. And I'm pretty good at it. That's pretty cool. One of the best ways we learn where God's, you know, wanting us to be is by trying some stuff out. God has a calling on your life. Um, And it's primarily to share what he has brought you through and what he is doing in your life. It's God's primary call on your life. It's God's primary plan to, you know, have you share what God has brought you through, and what he is doing now in your life. He loves you so much, and his love will help you move forward. It will help you be bold in that sharing, and it will protect you. Amen.